good. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see you, to be with you, to be able to share again from God's Word um, on this Lord's Day. Our scripture this morning comes from 1 John, and I'm actually going to be reading, and it'll be there for you to follow along as well from the message version. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Every person who believes that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah, is God begotten. If we love the one who conceives the child, we'll surely love the child who was conceived. The reality test on whether or not we love God's children is this. Do we love God? Do we keep his commands? The proof that we love God comes when we keep his commandments and they are not at all troublesome. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious one, we give you thanks for your word, and we now ask that you would pour out your spirit upon us as we consider what that means for us, what you have for us this day. God, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds and the spirit within us would speak to the spirit of your word. God, whether it is a word of encouragement or a word of correction, we stand ready. And so, God, I pray that you would then take these words of mine and that you would turn them from water into wine. Because, God, you have said that you will take the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And so we pray that you would take and do a miracle with these simple words in our midst this day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk with us this morning about family. Family. Anybody have some good family stories that just come to mind almost immediately? You know, the ones that you'll tell in, <laughs> like, forever? <laughs> Maybe you have some uh, good one-liners that, that you've got within the family. My, there's a good one. Well, we've got several. But one, you know, we, my grandfather would always say to my grandmother, now Jane. So they're both gone, but we love to say that to each other. Well, and will you still use her name? Now Jane. <laughs> we all get a laugh out of that. I have a, a great uncle that always had, he had several good one-liners that we all laugh about or maybe groaned about on occasion. But one of them, he would always say as we would get ready to leave um, after being together, he would say, don't forget to represent the family. And, you know, when I was with him, I can't say that he and I ever had these very long conversations, right? I, I probably couldn't count more than on two hands the number of times that I was with him to have some kind of conversation. But I can tell you that they were always significant ones when we did have a conversation, when we actually were together. And by the time we were done, he would have asked me questions. I mean, not just like, how you, how you doing? How's school? Where are you going to college? 
he would somehow figure out, I mean, I can only think that it's, it was God-sensing kind of thing, but he would ask these questions that would just get draw you in to this very significant conversation all of a sudden. And it would just, it was crazy. But, but in those conversations, I would feel like he knew me. I would feel seen and heard. I would, I would leave that conversation feeling valued and encouraged in whatever it was I was about to do. It was absolutely amazing. And I never had a conversation with him. I never asked to say, hey, Uncle Jack, why do you always tell us, you know, don't forget to represent the family? And I'm sure as families go, of course, we want to encourage one another within the family, be good to one another, make sure that you're doing the right thing. And I mean, my Uncle Jack didn't leave, live anywhere near me. So it's not like my behavior was going to be visible for somebody to point back to him. But my Uncle Jack was a Lutheran minister. And he spent 25 of, of his 50-some years as a pastor at the Lutheran Church, First Lutheran in downtown Pittsburgh that's right across from the old steel building. He was concerned with our behavior, of course, when we were in public. But don't forget to represent the family was more about representing the family of God stories in our families, right? I mean, it's some, such a simple phrase, but it holds so much meaning for our family. Then there are probably those stories within your family that you want to tell because of what it says about the person, right? Of, of, of what it shares about the character of a person. I, I am so proud to be able to share of, of my great, my paternal great-grandfather, who worked in a mill during the Depression, and, and he was one of the foremen. He had his job through the whole thing. And every day when he would come home from work, there would be a line of men down the street from his house. And when he came home, he would talk with every single one of those men, knowing that they were going to ask for a job, knowing that there was little to nothing he would be able to do for them. But he would take the time every day, talk to every single one of them, hear them, let them know that they were important, that he understood the, the needs for their families, that it was just some level of encouragement in the midst of a very difficult and uncertain time. But before he went inside, he would have talked to every single one of them. Of course, there's also the stories in our family that we'd rather not talk about. Those ones that if anybody starts, we're like, Shh, nope, that's an embarrassing one. We don't want to associate with that. Or maybe there are the stories in your family of the relationships that are broken, of the people that have not been able to see eye to eye or be willing to understand or just love each other even if you don't understand. There are those people in our family that we haven't seen or spoken with. 
and they're our family. That's just part of family sometimes. Our text here in 1 John talks about family, how we're part of the family of God. First, it talks about how we're to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, those who received this letter, right, this is a significant, just a couple little words, but it makes a big difference. John wasn't saying, hey, you need to believe in Jesus Christ, which is something that we say, right? We say that to one another, that we believe in Jesus Christ, as we might be sharing with somebody who is new to the faith. We believe in Jesus Christ. But here, in this text, John is saying that they need to make sure they are believing that Jesus is the Christ. That this one who came, that this one actually is the Messiah that they had been waiting for. He was reminding them that, that, that they loved God. Of course they did. They were fully devoted to God. But being fully devoted to God and following all of his commands also meant that they had to accept Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth. That Jesus? Yes, that Jesus as the Christ. He was not what they were looking for. He was not what they were expecting. Remember, this Jesus, he didn't come uh, uh, and, and like overthrow the government, right? He didn't come with an army and some way to just change the whole system. Jesus, when he came, came with humility. Jesus came feeding the hungry and healing the sick. That's not what they were expecting. But John here was saying that if we love God, then you'll also love the Son, the unlikely one. He was actually family. Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the Son of God, is the Messiah and the one that they weren't really wanting to let in the family. But as a child of God, we're then also to love his other children, not only Jesus, but as brothers and sisters, we are heirs with Christ. And so we're to love all our brothers and sisters. Now, it's not that we love others, which shows we love God. Here in, the, in 1 John, he's saying it's not, it's not a matter of show me you love them so I know you love me. It is... Love me. Love me. And out of that love, you will love your brothers and sisters. Out of your love for me, God says. Out of my commands that you love, that's how you're going to love your brothers and sisters. But who are our brothers and sisters? Because sometimes that can be a bit of a question. <laughs> sometimes we're not so sure who those people are. Hey, is that person a Christian or not? Do you know if they are? <laughs> the book of Revelation is full of this incredible imagery, beautiful imagery, just intense and vibrant. 
incredible visions were given to John, and, and he was told to write them down over and over and over again. The angel that is with him as he is seeing these visions says, write this down, John, write this down, John. So we're all the way into the book uh, in chapter 19, and starting in about verse 5, there starts to talk about the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ having made herself ready, wearing fine linen, which are described, the fine linen is said to be the righteous acts of God's holy people. So I want to ask, can you just envision with me, maybe even close your eyes for a moment, and just envision with me this great multitude that John sees. In your mind's eye, this great multitude that is so vast that when they shout, it sounds like the roar of rushing water and loud peals of thunder as they shout, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him his glory. And his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Just picture in your mind's eye, right, all of those gathered, this great multitude here at the end of the age. They are all together as the bride of Christ. These, our brothers and sisters in Christ, the angel saying again to John, look, John was so overwhelmed at the sight that he had fallen down on his face at the feet of the angel. And the angel was like, stand up, look, look, do you see this? The angel of the Lord said, John, I am one of you. I am one of this great multitude with all of you, clothed in fine linen, bright and clean, singing praise to our God. And so in that moment, in that vision, John saw them. He saw all of them, all of us. Not as they were at home. Not as they were that day at work. Not as they were in that rush hour traffic. Not as they were in the parking lot when someone took my space. John saw them in their finest, not as they were in that little soundbite or that snippet that we have access to through the media. John saw them in their fine linen, bright and clean. Have you ever found yourself surprised after learning that a certain person is a Christian <laughs> or that they go to your friend's church? And you're like, wait. Are we talking about the same person? One of my favorite stories, whenever you get around some pastors, there's always going to be stories, and, and there's, there's several people who will say, oh, I went to a family or a class reunion, and, and I told so-and-so that I was a pastor, and they were like, what? You? Are you the same guy that I know from high school? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because God's grace found you. Right? God's grace finds us in, in the moments that we need God's grace. God's grace finds us in the moments that, that we're not so nice looking. Right? We're all in this 
place of knowing that, that yes, we will one day be a part of that great throng. That we will one day be in our fine linen, bright and clean. But here on this earth, in the midst of the brokenness, yeah, we still get caught up in it. We still get caught up in it. And too often, we allow ourselves in a single interaction, or maybe if we see somebody coming out of a certain establishment, to cause us to make assumptions about who they are, about their lives. We may not, we may not see each other at our best every moment of the day. That does not mean that a certain person doesn't know God or doesn't have love for God in their hearts. Can you just imagine what would happen, though, if we allowed ourselves to see others the way God sees them? Not passing judgment after one interaction, or even after ten interactions. Giving people grace and understanding. Taking time to really hear and listen. Maybe even taking the time, which... Well, it is time-consuming to not just have someone tell us something, but to actually go to a person and have the conversation and ask for clarification and, and hear what they are saying. Taking the time, hearing, not telling somebody, well, you are wrong, and this is why but having the conversation that allows you to hear their experience and why for them something is important. Because let's be real. Just because I know Jesus doesn't mean that you've had the same experience or that you have come to the family in the same way. And we need these moments to be reminded that yes, there's brokenness and evil in this world, but, but, as our text this morning says, we have a conquering power that brings the world to its knees. There is something that each of us has this power that brings the world to its knees, and it is this. It is our faith. Just as Pastor Allen was talking last week about our faith, how, how we may find ourselves coming to faith at, when we have just gotten to the end of our rope, when we've realized that we are not able, right? That there is something in us that just does not give us the strength or the energy or, or the adequacy to complete whatever it is or to do whatever it was. However it is that you have come to God, however it is that you have found that faith and realized that your dependence in God, that your faith in God is what gives you strength, is what gives you comfort, is what gives you peace. Friends, it is not just your faith that then is all of a sudden in this capsule, in this bubble, your faith then has the power with my faith and your faith and your faith and our faith together is this conquering power that can bring the world to its knees. 
that we are part of the overcoming of the brokenness and the overcoming of the evil in this world. And we're a part of it as brothers and sisters with Christ, as co-heirs with Christ, who says you, just like I, may not seem like we were meant to be part of this family, but we are. Just as Jesus said, he's like, hey, I I told you that, that I have come, that I have come to bring healing, that I have come to offer life and hope, not in the way you thought. Maybe, maybe you or others that you're thinking of, you're thinking, how is it possible that I could be a part of this? Or how is it possible that they could be a part of this? And, and God is telling us right now, hey, you are my children. And while it might not seem like it, you are brothers and sisters and you are important in this fight. You are important in this family. There's a lot going on these days that can make it hard to listen and hear our brothers and sisters. There's a lot going on these days. Because this world, this broken and evil world, wants us at each other. This world wants us fighting. It wants us pulled apart and separated and doing our own thing. But we as brothers and sisters in Christ get to say, "Mm -mm -mm. no, 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 no. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the faith that is a conquering power that overcomes the brokenness and the evil of this world. So my brothers and sisters, love God. Love God. Just get yourself into God's word and and just allow yourself to be in God's presence and find yourself loving God more and more, loving his commands. That is the easiest way to love one another. That is the best way to love one another. And my brothers and sisters, don't forget to represent the family. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks, God, for the way you challenge us, for the way you cause us to change and grow, for the way you just cause us to fall even more in love with you. And Lord God, as as we consider your word, whether we have found it in encouragement or even the way you the way you speak to this preacher's heart, the way you challenge us, Lord God, to seek you. Because when we know you and we know your love for people, it makes it so much easier for us to love all of your people. So, Lord God, 
press it into our hearts. Lock it in there. Because, God, we do love you. And our desire is to follow you and love one another. In Jesus' name, amen.